So you wanna know how to set goals in 2020 that you're actually going to achieve. Well, we're going deep into goal setting in this series, and today, especially, we're gonna uncover and reveal one of the biggest goal sabotages in your life right now. You may or may not know about it, but it is absolutely critical if you're wanting to make changes this year or achieve something different than you did last year. Uh, we're also gonna dive into a bunch of great questions and feedback that's come through overnight. All that and more coming up right after this. Hey guys, welcome to the show. In case we haven't met, my name is Yanni Bormeister. I am the one of the co-founders of Unity Gym here and the UMS system. Now, before we get started, part of the reason why we get exceptional results in our UMS program is because we have an incredible system that unifies strength, flexibility, and cardio fitness. If you wanna know the secrets to that program, you can download our blueprint, which is linked in the description. Now, I'm joined again with none other than Dr. Phil, Phil White, AKA our resident physiotherapist. And we are going deep into psychology this week. And I'm very excited because that's gonna lead into a topic that I've wanted to cover for a while. And I know Phil's chomping at the bit for, which is pain psychology. Yeah, 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 it's a, it's a really big one. And I think, yeah, as I've talked about the last few days, uh, you can do, you can spend so much of your life training and if you're not kind of heading in the right direction because you haven't actually thought about which direction you want to go, then, you know, you, you can waste a lot of time. And yeah, with that pain psychology stuff, it seems like there's a bit of interest in it. And so, um, yeah, pain science is going to be the topic coming up after this. So excited That's and ready to go. absolutely right. And hey, you know, since we um, did this sort of little goal setting uh, video or Rad and Phil did while I was in Europe, couple of weeks ago, there, there was a, there's been a lot of uh, interest and I've uh, received a lot of uh, personal emails. So thank you very much for everyone who's, uh, who's emailed me personally. We're getting a lot of great comments uh, that are coming through. This is really, really hitting home for a bunch of uh, our audience. So uh, for those of you who are getting something from this, smash the like button. And um, I want to know. I want to know, like, you know, what where your heads at. Phil asked the question yesterday. Uh, do you believe in this stuff? Like, how, does it, is it something that you've thought about before? Is it something that yeah, you just challenge out? your idea of what you, you know, how you see yourself and, yeah. and what you think works? So really keen. There's a few people who who commented saying that it is quite a challenging idea for them, and it's really good to get that um, discussion going. Yeah. Just on the topic of smashing that like button, uh, I was going back and getting some topics and comments from like previous videos, and I've noticed it almost every time. It's one in ten people who've watched the stream will hit the like button. It's always just like. 10%. Yeah. So yeah. let's try and make this video. Yeah. yeah. See if you if you no, want like, I'm if you're 9 out of 10 11%. people. 11%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Anything would be an improvement. Yeah. It's not a lot of effort, guys. Yeah, just, not a lot of effort. Just, yeah. <laughs> but it helps us it a lot. It just makes a big difference to us. And yeah, yeah, we love absolutely. doing this, but it, yeah, it really Especially helps. Especially when we're only talking to a small audience here. Um, it it kind of can feel like you're talking to yourself. Uh, and then you go back and watch the, you know, you have a look at the statistics afterwards and you say, oh, wow, a few hundred people have watched, a thousand people have watched, and 10 mm. have hit the like button. You're like, come on, surely more than a, a 10 people out of that thousand saw value in the uh, content. Anyway, let's move on. Today is a huge topic. Now, just to, to quickly recap, Yesterday we spoke about, um, uh, in the psychology um, uh, component of this, remember three components, psychology, planning and execution. We're gonna do planning and execution next week. Yesterday and today we've dived into psychology. Yesterday was about thoughts and where your thoughts come from and we, we created the, um, 
the col colloquial term of all the thoughts and the programs and the systems in your brain that are helping to decide how you behave um, as your story. And th that, that we, um, we, we sort of, I guess, dip the toe in the concept that you can actually rewrite your story, which helps to change the way you think and helps to uh, remodel your thoughts so that maybe they are more um, uh, suited or more supportive of your goals. Yeah, but hopefully before you do rewrite your story, you, you do what we talked about yesterday, which is actually writing down your current story and what's got you to this point. Because I think being that sort of radically honest with yourself about you know what what are the big factors that have influenced you over time is is such a powerful part of changing it. It's, it's really easy to say like, oh, I'm going to be this person aspirationally moving forward. But if you um, do that without actually looking back at what's kind of got you to here, it's, it's quite a, a That's exactly right, because that you don't know as I said yesterday this all of this and the plan and the program is going to become your roadmap to success but no map is worth anything if you don't know where you're starting from and part of the I guess the key benefit to actually writing down your story focusing specifically on the areas of your life that you think are broken or you're dissatisfied with and then um, you know to go deeper uh, really emphasizing in what you write down the things that you can remember or identify of influence to those areas of your life you know and I gave some examples yesterday of my personal life now uh, that is so important because you, you, you can't, like you don't know how to fix something or if you, if you don't even know what to fix, you know. Yeah. And, and taking that bird's eye view where you really sit back and you think about all these factors that have influenced you means that you're more, you, can, be, you become, can start to control your own story because then as you're going forward, you start to see those influences, um, you know, from a, a sort of different view where you can see like, oh, okay, maybe this is starting to draw me in this direction or in that direction, but you can start to gain control of the, you know, the, the factors that are pulling you in certain directions rather than just going along for the ride and getting sucked into it. So having that sort of ability by writing what's got you down, um, writing down what's got you to this point, it, it gives you that sort of, yeah, like 10,000 foot view and you can you can see all those factors that are, yep. yeah, are playing yep. into it. Absolutely. Okay, so there's one thing that is going to m potentially make this entire concept really, really difficult for a lot of people to um, grasp and to potentially even believe in, in in the first place and that is your ego and that's what we're going to talk about today so um, give me, let me get start with giving you a little bit of a background as to why we evolved to have what we refer to as an ego now um, this all ca comes about because human beings are herd we're, we're mammals and like all mammals we're we're herd animals that means that we, the reason why we are who we are and the why, why we're sort of evolving to the top, be at the top of the food chain is because we were able to band together into large herds and overcome obstacles and challenges. Uh, and, you know, you can go back um, hundreds and hundreds of thousands, millions of years, and this is the case, you know. Just to point on that, I'm, I, I was one of those kids that didn't play with guns growing up. I had picture books of animals. I'm just going to challenge you on that idea that all mammals were herd animals. You know, your snow leopard isn't going to be hanging out with other snow leopards. So just, but yes, we're, we are okay, a, yeah, a yeah, community-based, yeah. uh, sorry, yeah. my, my inner child was just screaming out there. So <laughs> <laughs> I had to, had to the majority <laughs> of mammals, the majority of mammals are herd animals, okay? Um, now, human beings especially, and it, it's, it's, as a result, we seek 
Um, I mean, without the safety and the support of our herd, our community, we pretty much die. We can't survive, you know. Um, and they, they have big problems with this. Like, for, for instance, when they send people into space, they can't send one person into space alone because that person just ends up going crazy. So there's always got to be some form of a tribe yeah, or a herd why there. solitary confinement is, you know, the worst kind of punishment you can get. That's is. exactly <laughs> right. You know, we seek and we need gratification, herd gratification. So we are absolute sticklers for getting praise from people. And that's one of the driving forces behind us. You know, um, one of the biggest driving forces behind our motivation is to elevate ourselves and our social stature in our herd. As a result of all this social pressure though, we can act really irrationally to avoid looking bad. We don't like herd scrutiny, we don't like public scrutiny and we scrutiny and we certainly try to avoid public embarrassment. And um, the, the result of this is that we've evolved to have an ego that is highly tuned to protect us from those, those things. And so essentially what happens is your ego is there to protect you from harm. The types of harm that come from um, embarrassment. Uh, what are the word? What other words am I looking for around social pressure? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, like any. Uh, it's, it's, what's that, Richie? Judgment. 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 Yeah. Judgment's a big one. You know, social scrutiny. Uh, anything. Any sort of criticism. You know, our ego protects us from those things. And a lot of those sorts of things come about when we fail, when we publicly fail, when we try to do something. And so you could say that your ego is finely tuned to be aware of you, um, you exposing yourself to situations where you might fail. And think about that. Let's think about that for a second. Anything that you try to do that changes your circumstances, any goal setting, any you know, body composition alteration, to lose weight, to try to go for a, uh, a new job, anything that makes you uncomfortable because of the element of potential failure, your ego is going to be very present. And th this is exactly why a lot of you will find that you're challenged by these concepts because they might be new to you. They might be just something that your upbringing has never looked into or you've never been exposed to before. Spirituality is a big one for people, you know, like people who have never been exposed to some form of spirituality really find it challenging, you know, and their ego, you know, um, will really protect that. Another thing that your ego wants to protect are your dogmas and your deep-rooted belief systems that have been brought about by your upbringing. So essentially, on a macro level, your ego is there to protect your current story. And this is what we're going to talk about today. So um, I think the, the, the starting point today, and this is, this is stuff that I've never even um, discussed with uh, Phil, so this is going to be new to Phil. So we're going to do a little exercise here where we're going to see if we can identify Phil's ego traits and when your ego might be doing the driving uh, instead of you. So the first thing to do, and I've got some notes here because this is old stuff for me. I've, I've not revisited this area of my, of my writing for quite a while. And I'm, I'm pulling all this stuff from a book that I'm writing. I said that at the start of this. So you've got to excuse when I, um, when I have to look down at the page. But there's, there's seven signs or symptoms of ego. And we'll go through them. And I'll give you a couple of examples here because I've written examples that kind of relate to, uh, to what we're, in our industry and what we're talking about. 
The seven signs of ego are deflection or deflecting, defending, distorting, blaming, justifying, comparing, and demonstrating. So let's look at some examples here. Deflecting. Uh, people are starving. In the scheme of things, this isn't a problem. So if, you, if, I, if I challenge you to, um, to change something, to do something better, and you say, come on, man, there's people starving in the world. In the grand scheme of things, what I'm doing here isn't really that bad. That's a sign of ego. You're deflecting the issue that we're talking about. Defending. Between work and family, I have no time for my own health. I've heard that a million times before. I'm sure you've heard yeah. it in your practice. Uh, you know, I don't have, I got so much on, I don't have time to do these exercises that you've given me, you know. Yeah. Um, distorting. Change is too hard. Every time I think about setting goals, I fail. It's just way too difficult to make changes in my life. It really isn't. And you're distorting the reality, you yeah. know. So the distorting there is that, like, really change can be small steps, but you're distorting the reality that change is, has to be these big things in you. Exactly right. Blaming. It's the food company's fault I'm unhealthy. They misled me. I've heard that a million times before. And Which is fairly true, I think. There, I mean. there is, but, but it's not their fault. You yeah. have the power. You still choose to put the food in your mouth. The, yeah. uh, the buck stops with you. Of course, there's always going to be influence. And we talk about this. The, the media, um, uh, advertising, yeah. everything is influencing us. But how we, choo we choose to be influenced by it, you know? Um, so blaming is a big sign of ego. Justifying, my priority is career and work, so I have no time for anything else. That's a huge one for me, you know? Uh, um, growing our gym tribe and doing all this stuff, I'm constantly justifying why I can't exercise or find time to exercise. I'm sure some of you guys can relate to that. Comparing. I might be overweight, but at least I'm not as fat as some people, you know, or at least I'm not as um, obese as Jim in, in my office. He's huge, you know. I'm sure we've all sort of compared before. That's another very strong ego trait. And the last one is demonstrating. I've tried this stupid airy-fairy vision and, 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 um, and uh, um, story bullshit before. None of it really works. So those are the seven um, symptoms of ego. So. What we want to do and what I challenge Phil to do on air in front of everyone right now is to have a think about that and think about any of the ego, any, any symptoms of ego that he recognizes here that he may have come up with, especially recently mm -hmm. since uh, being challenged to go out on your own and build your own, uh, um, your own uh, business. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly a, a challenging thing just to be put in the spot to figure out. Um, <laughs> See, well, right, a, right now, right now, he's just used... Um, uh, justifying. Justifying. Probably. He's, he's also just defended himself. Um, yeah. So his ego's already present, you know? No, I mean, 100%, like, it, it obviously, f you know, feels fairly confrontational to be that. But then I think, like, it's, a, it's interesting that you kind of put all these up because it's, you know, obviously how you defend yourself about, like against anything, but like, I'm not really. Uh... The, 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 the thing, the deeper you go on this, and when you become aware of this, which is the first step, it's incredible to analyze your thought process because the moment someone does something that challenges you, you will experience your ego stepping in and going, fucking hold on, I got this, you know, I'm gonna take yeah. this. And the problem is that the majority of us don't realize how much we're on autopilot and we're allowing our ego to make the decisions for us. I like to say, you know, I say to people all the time, are you driving or is your ego driving right now? So I guess to get a bit of an idea of like what I'm trying to, like if it's like ego generally or if it's related to a, uh, 
particular thing such as exercise yep. is that am i looking at it from a particular exercise thing or am i meant to just say like i just say I'm any a- any no any <laughs> any time that you have experienced now that you've sort of seen the seven traits of ego yeah. anything that's obvious that comes up in your life that you go okay fuck yeah, yeah okay. My i guess ego, so at definitely. the moment um with uh, I hurt my ankle um, when I was up the coast in Byron over the week uh, weekend, and you know it's a bit sore to walk. And then I've got back and I, you know, have haven't trained and I've kind of justified it because I've had a bit of a sore ankle and I've wanted that to rest. And also I've been really like excited and busy with work stuff, so I've probably done a bit of um, that. Bit of yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I can so. say now I I've been back at, in Sydney for two weeks, and I haven't exercised once because as soon as I flew back the next day I got sick. But really, this week, I certainly could have made time to do some um, some flexibility training. Yeah. Uh, and I probably... And it's, yeah, it's a big thing that I, you know, always preach to my, my, my clients and <coughs> patients is that um, there's always something you can be doing that will, you know, be yeah. furthering you towards your physical goals. So, yeah. That's exactly definitely. right. And, I, and we're, we're big advocates of that. But because Rad's away, get it, he's gone off to have his operation, I've had a lot more work dumped onto my lap and my desk. And I've also got a lot of big things... We got a lot of new people in our tribe here who start out at the start of the year doing our 28-day intensive program, and uh, and so I'm, which one are you doing here now? I'm doing pretty <laughs> much doing all of them. Yep. Like I'm defending my situation right now. I'm I'm, I'm trying like this is my ego defending that. Well, I've got a reason to not exercise because I've got all these new people here and I need to get them sorted and, and I've identified holes in our systems that need fixing. Um, and so I've got no time to exercise. I'm justifying my situation, you know. Um, uh, the, the, you know, I've e- in my head I've even compared. Well, Rad's off sick and he's not going to be able to exercise for like six weeks. So surely it's okay for me to have a couple of weeks off, you know. That's another ego trait. And this is the thing. My mentor um, a few years ago who introduced me to these concepts, he was phenomenal at this. And the guy has gotten more done than anyone I know in the last two years. He's turned his personal business into uh, from about a $5 million to about a $20 million business in a couple of years. It's phenomenal how much he's grown. And uh, he's grown from a team of about um, uh, maybe five to 10 people to a full-time team of about 50 people. And um, when I sit and talk to him, you'll see him go, and he'll stop and think and just wait for a sec and then re-answer you because he knows that his initial reaction was ego-driven. It was his ego making the, 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 um, uh, the, uh, uh, the answer for him and he knew that it wouldn't be his true um, uh, answer, you know. And to have a conversation with someone that's that enlightened and that conscious of their psychology is humbling. It's, it's quite amazing. And I've had conversations with people who I really value. One of my hobbies is, is investing and, uh, and, and finance. And I've had conversations with people that I aspire to, like I've just reached out to them and, um, because I've read their book and I love it and, 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 and that sort of stuff. And I've, I've sent them emails and I've been um, surprised to have them respond to me. And when you, t- when you talk to someone like this and they've reached you know, billionaire status, um, it's surprisingly evident that they're aware of this stuff and that they're, they're really, really good at communicating in a way that they've completely shelved their ego. Yeah, uh, Karina's just got a question there for you about the name of your mentor's business. Uh, that that uh, mentor was Kerwin Ray. 
So he's, uh, you can look, look at him, he's all over social media, Kerwin Ray, I worked with him for a year and he's, a, he's an amazing man and uh, a very inspiring guy and he helped me a lot. So yeah, just um, I guess when you've just kind of explained these a bit further, it, it reminds me of um, one thing that really um, I found quite a useful way of, I guess, getting to a similar sort of place but a slightly different way, which is um, when I was following some of Ray Dalio's works. Ray Dalio is one of the investors that I've reached out to and uh, and interacted with. He's a fucking phenomenal yeah. So man. his kind of his principles, which is a free book that he's got on the internet, is, is just a wonderful way of kind of talking about the way that he's structured his life and his business. And um, radical transparency is a big thing that they um, promote in their business. Where instead of you know like cloak and daggers and keeping things under um, you know secret from each other, they just get everything out there and people just work on you know a very sort of radically truthful sort of thing. And in that talking about like I guess just the um, when you're looking at things really try and see it for just its most pure like you know truth yeah which you know for me an example you know in my business at the moment is that um, I guess I find the um, financial st side of the business really quite challenging to get excited about that because I love working with patients I love you know thinking about the body and, and how I can build my, my business in the sort of patient side of things but the the hard true reality is that there's you know financial sort of um, things that I need to get organized. And if I don't organize them, then it'll come back to bite me in the butt later. And if I, I can, you know, use all of these kind of deflecting and I can justify being like, oh, you know, I'm working on, you know, other more important stuff and I'm working with patients and blah, 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 blah. But there's still this just like harsh truth, which is like a, you know, an, an ongoing march that, you know, if I don't deal with this, then it will really be a problem later on. Yeah. So it, it kind of doesn't matter like all of if I, I can you know blame and justify and 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 deflect and all these things and none of that will will change the the hard truth that you know if I don't deal with it then it's going to cause problems so yeah absolutely I really, yeah and the, that finance is a really really good example that I'd like to use too because I have a I, I, um, uh, if you go back a decade even I had a terrible financial blueprint and my whole family did and it was something that we had just seemed to pass down from generation to generation and if you go far enough back since I have gone down this path it's challenged me to really find the root cause of my fi uh, my family's financial woes and what I found was when I went far enough back that it had to do with my father um, migrating from Germany and his family was if you go enough generations back Bormeister was a very very famous um, uh, brewery a beer bre and, and whiskey brand and our family had a dozen huge breweries in Germany and um, it, it was all lost in the Second World War. It was all bombed and they went from being aristocratic, very wealthy family to absolutely poor and uh, on food stamps pretty much overnight, you know, within a, within a number of weeks. And um, then as a result of that, his parents were very negative around money because it was their parents that had the breweries. And money became the root of all evil, basically. It was a vicious cycle that our family went in that, that, that just really didn't look at being wealthy as a good thing because we were, you know, I guess the family felt robbed of their wealth. And that then just started this domino effect through generation to generation of mismanagement of money. And um, now money is a hobby of mine and, it, and, and investing my money has become something that I really truly love and, and the majority of the books that I read now and that I'm, um, I'm purchasing are finance books and investing books, you know. Now I hated numbers, I, I failed at maths, I dropped out of maths in year 10 in high school, never finished it um, and I just had this story of being woefully bad at 
numbers and therefore woefully bad with money. And now I... Uh, like the most intense financial spreadsheet I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, literally, <laughs> you know. Like, it is um, a thing of beauty. I'm, I'm like <laughs> full on now and I and I manage money very well and I make a, a, a lot of money, you know. And um, I think one of the, like, I guess looking back to how things sort of started to change for you there then, um, I guess going from that identity and that story of being sort of bad with money to then embrace because like often when you you're changing your story and you're dealing with these kind of truths that are you know putting aside your ego it can be a really uncomfortable like you get like a visceral reaction Man, like it really big is big time ego ego is something that you will forever be battling with no amount of spiritual enlightenment will ever uh <laughs> will ever um prevent ego from from surfacing at all and the, the, here's the the catch the more successful you become the bigger your ego, you know, because you'll start to then, your ego will be fueled by your success with, with things. Even, you know, it starts out with setting a few little goals and then, you know, and, and my business partners and, and our friends, Richard and Rad and Phil even has witnessed this before. When we have um, uh, crucial conversations in our planning sessions and, and whenever anything's challenged or I disagree with what one of the other partners are doing, my ego is ferocious, it comes out, and I often have to go back and apologize to the guys. I'm y still not yet at the point where I can stop the ego whilst it's happening. I'll often sit down after an exchange and go, shit, that was real ego driving that um, conversation. It wasn't really how I feel. And I'll have to go back and apologize. And I find that with my children a lot. You know, when my, when my children challenge me, um, my ego will just go, rah, you know, and slam something down. A big, a big ego, um, uh, um, uh, uh, a big evident ego uh, recently for all of us was when the Game Changers documentary came out, you know, and every single one of our clients was coming up saying, oh my God, I saw this brilliant documentary called The Game Changers and I'm going to go vegan and, and, um, and, you know, immediately our egos are like, fuck, it's the worst thing in the world and da da da. We had a million reasons to say that and we still do feel that it was a horrible docu misleading documentary that falsified a lot of the science behind it. But, the way we challenged it with our clients and members was certainly not the best way to approach it and it wasn't the best coaching you know we should have been a lot more um, neutral and a lot less egotistical about it you know yeah and I think it's like just a like you can look around the world and just see how you know polarized people are becoming about every issue and you know how bipartisan politics is and 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 all of these things you know like it, it a, lot, a lot of it does come down to these kind of core factors of you know becoming like being so wrapped up in your own identity that you can't see the other person so yeah I think yeah, that's, that's a really exactly interesting right. that's which you know we've kind of strayed pretty far from the topic of you know physical goals but I think you can see how it's this, this powerful force that's driving a lot of the decisions well, all the decisions we make it, so yeah, Karina's exactly um, right. got question there would shoulds be ego driven example things should be a particular way or I should be able to do or be this well Karina that's a really good question that what you're framing up there sounds a lot like your story and your beliefs and your dogmas, which is definitely going to be protected. The shoulds, things should be this way, is going to be based on your story, based on your brain's program and your way of thinking. But your ego will protect it. Your yeah. ego will be 
driving home that it's right and it'll, it'll be trying to entitle you and make you feel like it, what you're thinking or believing or saying is is well warranted you yeah know? i think um it comes down to like a you know you have there is the fundamental truth of what's happening um and then there's a kind of i the you look at that through a filter of all of your own biases and you know your own story and then you see something slightly offset from the actual fundamental truth and if you kind of strip all that that filter away then um you know you kind of see that that truth and maybe it shouldn't be like that maybe i didn't so an example of this is just with um injuries i say it really commonly people get really frustrated when they're they're playing sports and they get injured and they're like oh well you know i should like i don't understand why i'm getting sore like i should be totally fine i've played this sport forever and then you know, I've always been like, you know, fast, quick, never had injuries, maybe like I shouldn't have any issues. And then um, you kind of drill down to like, okay, like, you know, let's talk about your training for the last year. Like, did you have times where you've, you know, massively changed what you're doing? Have you like, you know, has your recovery been right? Blah, 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 blah. And then when you drill down to it and you see all those factors that are going to be influencing that underlying like truth, it doesn't always match up to maybe what their ego told them like that they're actually doing you know yeah, that's <laughs> like, exactly right look this happens to us i'll i'll um karina you're absolutely right so it's about defending and defending is a huge huge it's the second ego trait on my list and i've listed them in in um order of you know what i i see most commonly uh she's always said yeah i'm really trying to challenge my filters um I get this all the time. Like when we have people who come in who are a good example that lines with what Phil's saying is they've got an injury that they've had for a long time. And, you know, the reality is that, that, that they have to regress what they're doing to a level where they can give that area of the body the right stimu- enough of the right stimulus to then be able to slowly progress back to where they want to be. But they just, they just come up with every excuse in the book as to why they don't want to do that. And the, rea- the reality is there is no excuse va- that validates that because they're going to just continue. They, they come and they complain and they want you to wave a magic wand and fix that problem without them changing anything that they're doing in their life, you know. And the very thing that they need to do is just shelve their ego and go, okay, None of the justification, none of the defending, none of the blaming, none of the distorting, none of the comparing or demonstrating is going to fix this injury. I just need to listen to what this guy's saying, shelve my ego, and get on with fixing this issue. But they don't, and a lot of people never do, they, because they they're unable to, they're incapable of understanding that there's an ego present and that the ego is actually driving most of the time right now, and they're and they're they're. Their, their awareness is taking a back seat. Yeah, and I think it's also something to be aware of when you are seeing a health professional, and sometimes you can really see that, like, a health professional's ego about, like, you know, they maybe, you know, they are, you know, for myself as a, as a past massage therapist, my only tool was to, you know, have massage as a way of treating, and, you know, if they're, or, you know, they're a dry needling person, and, you know, if their kind of way of doing things isn't working, and if they're just telling you to come back for more or blaming you for doing it when really maybe there's a underlying truth that this particular injury needs something different to what you're able to offer i think it's just really an interesting um thing to be able to try and like start to use this like having your own filters but then being aware of what other filters people are seeing you through and, and being able to you know like not not necessarily blame them for doing that but just have that kind of savviness around you know maybe the forces that are you know influencing the way that they're they're treating you so. yeah absolutely so i'm going to spend the last five minutes or so just making this a bit practical f- and then give you a, a little bit of a um an exercise to do um how this affects uh what we're talking about here on topic goal setting and this uh, th- this guys this affects everything 
every interaction you have with another person, every possibility you have to level up by learning something new, everything is challenged by your ego. And very few people, very few people that I've met are able to shelve their ego throughout their entire life and just get through life making the most of every opportunity. It's very, very rare. And the more successful one person becomes, the more challenging their ego. So, you know, to, to give you an example of how this might be affecting you, you may be defending your current situation. You might be justifying your current situation and that justification uh, is preventing you from making the choices or changes that need to happen to achieve your goals. Uh, a very good example is that justification or defense. If you're you know, struggling to achieve the health that you want, you might be blaming your circumstances, you might be blaming your work environment. I'm working too hard and I just don't have time to get to the gym. You know, the reality is that every single person in the world has the same 24 hours every day. It's just that some people learn to use those hours more effectively to suit their goals. And, uh, and, and it's the ego and the justification and the, the defending and the deflecting um, that is preventing the, the people who aren't from doing so, you know? So that's a really, really big one that you, I need you to, I'd like you to, I challenge you to think about. And so my, my challenge to everyone who watches this stream is that if you are planning to make some new goals this year, and if you're the type of person who crushes their goals every year um, and you might be sitting back thinking, well, I've got no problem because I achieved every one of my goals last year, then my challenge to you is to make some bigger, more hairy and audacious goals. Because if you find that you're achieving every one of your goals every year, then you're not shooting high enough. Um, to everyone else who's not achieving their goals every year, then I challenge you to not only um, have a look at your story and have a look at the programming that's on repeat that may be sort of um, creating habit loops that prevent you from moving forward from where you are right now. I challenge you to go even deeper and look at the reason why those things are still in place. Because I think you'll find that you are, uh, that, that you'll find symptoms of ego which are deflecting, defending, distorting, blaming, justifying, comparing and demonstrating. Um, and uh, yeah, really go deep. And, and as a result, maybe write down a few of the ego traits that you identify that surface for you on a regular basis so that you can become more aware when they're present. Um, I think that's a really nice way to start wrapping things up. But I was just having a bit of a think about like kind of devil, devil's advocate and where ego can be pretty useful, I guess, in yep. that, um, you know, I think like I'm a... a I sort of see myself in general life being pretty easy going, but then as soon as I start playing sport and as soon as I have sort of athletic um, kind of competition against anyone else, I think there's a really large part of my ego that drives that oh, performance. Absolutely. So like, you know, it's, you know, when I'm running and, uh, you know, doing a, a Olympic distance triathlon last year and it was like bloody painful, but it, the thing that kept me going was like, <coughs> you know, my ego and getting, you know, beating other people. Yep. And so I think it's, it's all well and good to kind of, you know, uh, I think it's really useful to be aware of how these sort of ego factors are, you know, maybe causing some negative parts of, you know, your life. But I think it's also important to see the when you, you know, having that sort of more objective view and understanding the things that do control you. So now when I, when I, I, I use that as a bit of a tool for when I do want to train harder or whatever, I'll do it with other people or I'll, you know, I'll enter races so that I do 
push myself. Like I think it's a it's useful to understand how absolutely like uh, absolutely. And I'm going to cut you off bec um, because I agree. And the, um, uh, the most of the world's most successful people have an ego the size of a freight train. Uh, so there is certainly benefit to having an ego, you know, but the majority of the people that I've met uh, in, that, in, in that case have learnt to control the ego to a degree. They know when it's of service to them. And this goes for your story too, guys. There's many elements of your story that are serving you that you don't want to rewrite and get yeah. rid of, you know, but what this is about, what making goals, setting goals and um, uh, reverse engineering them and creating an action plan and, and really executing on that, what it's about is identifying those key areas that are serving you and those, those areas that are not serving you so well. And we're only rewriting or getting rid of the areas that are not serving you. The stuff that's serving you well, for God's sake, you want that front and center, yeah, you know? 100%. Cool. Really like that. Just before we go, uh, I just want to um, give it a shout out to Graham Ricketts. We've had some really good comments from a lot of people, but uh, just to really highlight Graham here. He says, uh, dot, 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 I'm going to give it a go. Although it scares me a bit. I've, uh, I guess I'm used to who I am right now. Don't really think I need to change to attain my goals, but just try harder at least, uh, or the latest shiny things. Wow, seems really obvious. I, I rarely blame myself for not attaining my goals. There's always a reason. Um, but it's not me, lol. Thank you for sharing your part of the story. How is Rad going, by the way? Sitting on a donut. So yeah, sitting on a donut. So I I identified probably four or five out of the seven ego traits in that one yeah. comment. You know, there was a lot of uh, comparing. There was a lot of justification. There was a lot of defending, and there was even a little bit of deflecting. Yeah. And the whole comment was demonstration. He was demonstrating how he is okay right now, and he, uh, you know, uh, so. But what I love about it is he says like you know it. It's, he says, I'm going to give it a go, although it scares me a bit about writing his story and, and becoming aware of all these things. Yeah, so I think it's absolutely. really wonderful that it's, you know, it's challenging you, but you're giving it a go. And I really encourage That's other a, people to... He's basically, and good on you, um, Graham, for, for you've basically scripted your ego going through this uh, battle of am I going to do am I going to let this happen you know like that and that's brilliant this is yeah. what it's all about it's yeah. all about and now if you watch today's episode and read today's blog that I'm writing about this episode which he will receive um, because he's a subscriber to Owner Circle huh, 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 um, he's going to go holy shit you know um, uh, hopefully uh, he, he'll identify that, that, that there's a lot of ego going on there his ego is really surfacing and he's his awareness and his his um his his sort of the other part of his brains are really trying to go no no yeah, no I want now, to give this now hopefully a this is giving you a bit of an insight on how you can use it to control contro absolutely control yeah. things for good absolutely look the cool <laughs> thing about this is that what you do you get to a level where you identify ego and then you go okay cool I'm go I'm going to do this because if my ego is coming up and challenging me then there's obviously room for growth on the other side of this you know. Yeah. And that's a really, really cool place to be. Awesome. Guys, um, write down any of the ego traits that you resonate with. Uh, write down if you think that this is just total bullshit and we're really weird people. Yep. Uh, we want to know that Ken. too. Love and, that. And um, yeah, let's... Uh, and let's try and get more than 10% likes. That'd be really cool. <laughs> and again, that, that's not just coming from an ego thing of us saying like, oh, we feel better when we get um, you know, more likes. It just really helps us share the message to get more people listening and, and get more people involved. So. Yeah, that's right. It's now, guys, huge show coming Monday. We're talking about emotion. So we're going to talk about, we're going to take this the last step, and we're going to talk about some ways of 
disassociating from the things that are coming up for you because ego brings up a lot of emotion and the emotions are real. They're real, they're real chemical reactions occurring within the body and you need to understand how to disassociate from them so they do not become fused to your character I'm and your I'm really keen being. to this one and my visceral feeling of doing my finances. So it's going to be good. Yeah, there you it. go. Absolutely, <laughs> guys. See you on Monday. It's uh, the weekend for us here in Sydney, Australia. For everyone in the US sucked in, you've got another day of work. Uh, we will see you on Monday. Take care. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.